is Wednesday, June 24th. We are only a month away from sports, people. A fucking month. It seems almost unreal. I don't even really remember what sports were like. <laughs> is everybody excited about sports coming back, especially with, you know, with baseball? You guys are just pumped. O- opening day in July, right? I think it's a missed opportunity, though. I saw somebody post this. Um, why have it spring training 2.0 when they could have called it summer camp? Oh, oh. <laughs> well, Father's uh, day was last weekend, man. Leave the dad jokes at home. That's that's so like far down the list of, of missed opportunities for Major League Baseball. <laughs> so fair enough. <laughs> baseball finally announced they're coming back. You know who I don't think is really all that excited about it? Jose Altuve. <laughs> that motherfucker is going to get beamed, bruh. I can't wait to see it. In fact, I feel like we were almost robbed. That's actually the biggest robbery out of, out of all the sports losses. You know, the NCAA bracket, that was terrible. Detrimental, especially as a Florida State fan when we finally had a team. But I think the thing that really fucking irked me was the buildup and anticipation of seeing Houston Astros players just get fucking beamed with balls. It's, it sounded so beautiful to me. I think it would have brought the whole world together. You know, I think it probably would have ended racism. <laughs> it would have definitely, at, at the very least, it would have brought the world together. Like, I think, I think, all right, so this is how I envisioned opening day. Opening day what was it? It was late April, right? Or, or oh, the, begin- the end yeah. of March, actually. Yeah. So end of March, and I pictured, you know, first game. Jose Altuve gets pegged with a pitch, and then five minutes later, Vladimir Putin's on the phone with Trump, and we're arranging just all these treaties. All of a sudden, North Korea is coming to the table. China's coming to the table. China wants to end their trade war. Why? Because the fucking Houston Astros are finally getting what they deserve. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're a Houston Astros fan right now, your blood's probably boiling, as it should be. Well, buckle up, Buttercup. It's only going to get fucking worse. Yeah, one of the interesting things about the uh, the rules that they've set in place is that the way the games are going to be played, it's going to be 10 games versus your division. Uh, so that's that accounts for 40 of the 60 games. And then the other 20 is going to be made up by playing the um, regional net, like op- opponents league. So the Astros are going to play the AL, uh, the NL West, right? That means we get Astros, Dodgers. You better believe the Dodgers are going to be coming after them. Yeah. Although, man, there's less time to fuck around now, right? Like you have less time to kind of mess around um, and – walk pitchers because you know when you're throwing at at, at batters sorry when, when you're throwing at batters it doesn't help you in the game no you so, got to pick your spots and, and and they get four games total to do it in right and those four games represent a good portion of their season so that worked a little bit better when the 162 games when you could just burn a few pitches burn a few outs just throwing at pitchers so so it do, definitely makes it interesting yeah and what, the old manager's cliche of 
games in April count just as much as games in August. And not really. I mean, not right. honestly, I mean, not, re- but in this case, uh, fuck yeah. July yeah. games are going to yeah. be just as instrumental. So it's yeah, like a yeah, mini playoff more. followed by a bigger playoff. It feels exactly. like it's going to be cool. I, th- I, dude, I think the games are going to be more exciting. I think, I think, you know, if, if everything's successful, uh, MLB should potentially look at it and be like, wow, you know, obviously they're not going to reduce it down to 60 games. Um, as a norm, but maybe you know they want to reduce it down to a hundred. I don't know, zero percent chance. I know, I know, I know they're not going to do there, it. There have been a lot of people who've who've been clamoring for like about one forty. I think they they played one thirty eight at they one time. They used to play one forty eight. One forty eight when Babe Ruth uh, yeah. set the record so, of sixty homers. One forty eight. I mean, I think even that's an improvement. Well, th- doesn't August seem to you in over the course of the baseball season like things really start heating up in like July and August almost seems like superfluous. Like, by the time August is over, it's just kind of like, God, just fucking end this. Like, if you yeah. feel like you, you can almost see it in the players' faces. You're just like, oh, man, Jesus, yeah. get me out of here. They're as d- soon as football starts, baseball ends, in, in, in my world, at least. R- right. right after uh, the All-Star break, there tends to be a little bit of a lull in the quality of play. Like, there's these a lot of these guys get into, like, slumps and stuff. And then... September hits and they all of a sudden like are able to kick it back into high gear and, and play it through. So, sure. yeah, that's what I mean. You see, I don't know if, if any of you guys watched that uh, that documentary on, on Sosa and McGuire, but I think it was August when Ken Griffey Jr. kind of like fell out of the home run race, and he I think he hit two home runs in the whole month, and and like barely hit over two hundred. Like there, it's up and down. And in August, like you said, quality of play seems to be a, kind of a wasted month. I mean, I'd love to see him shorten it and cut some of those games out. But they're going to play 60, so 60 games, I think, in 66 days. So it's going to be balls to the wall the entire time. They're trying to minimize the, the travel. Um, they're doing some rules, some different rules uh, to try to prevent extra inning games, some of those long games. So they'll start extra innings with a runner on second and zero outs, hoping, you know, some men's softball rules uh, to try to make sure that the games stay shorter. They've already instituted that throughout the minor league, so... You know, for some players, it's not going to be that much yeah. of an adjustment, but um, it's going to reduce. Uh, they, statistically, last year it reduced the amount of games that went past eleven innings to like like significantly. So, um, that's there, there's your strategy for the people who are upset that the uh, NL is losing the pitchers and all the strategy. That there's your strategy. You get an extra innings, and we get to you know actually watch a competent person hit the ball, hit the baseball for the rest of the the game. Uh, in the NL as well. So, so does this mean that managers aren't going to be allowed to bat their pitcher eighth instead of ninth anymore? Because that was a, such an advantageous right. strategy for them. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah, you're not going to see any of that. Obviously, now my my question is: Do certain teams still let their hitter, their pitchers hit? There's a few pitchers who are probably still going to hit. Uh, Brandon McKay for the Rays. I, I think, Joey Atani. I think in pitch hit pinch hit situations, obviously Atani is going to hit as a DH when he's not pitching. Yeah, but I mean, like the day he pitches, there's going to be some teams that wave a DH to start the game. Do they burn it for the whole game at that point? I mean, the Angels didn't when they had the opportunity to when yeah. when Otani uh, was you know playing for them as a starter um, a couple of years ago. So I don't think that they would move to that. It just it allows him to kind of rest and focus on the pitching aspect sure. of things. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah, could you imagine that? Pitching an inning and then going and batting and then going right back and pitching? That'd be fucking exhausting. Yeah, I mean, the, work the, NL, the, NL, the, NL, the NL had been doing it for, you know, 100 plus years. So. Yeah, I know, but nobody they, wants to see it. I'm not here to watch it. They're almost an assumed out, whereas Otani is, is an actual integral part of their lineup. Yeah, yeah but there's only yeah, like absolutely. three such players in the league right now. Um, 
But the, 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 the big thing with me is like, do I want to see your average pitcher hit 104 and, and, you know, struggle yeah. and mostly bunt guys over? Like, no, I'd, I'd rather see another DH. I'd rather see, and there's, there's some, there's some NL teams who have guys on their roster who I think will be good DHs right off the bat. I mean, the Reds have a jam packed outfield. I think Castellanos becomes their DH pretty uh, right away. Somebody from that outfield is going to get a lot of DH time. Kyle Schwarber. I mean, it's a guy that doesn't really have a home because he's a defensive liability. He, he actually wasn't that bad defensively in left field, but I could see your point. Yeah. And, but I mean, a guy like even Yelich um, is not a good defensive outfielder. Mm, he grades average and he's moving to left field this year. So I don't think that he's going to, but so the, the Brewers, interestingly, they signed smoke. They have Ryan Braun and they signed Avisel Garcia from the Rays last year. Plus, um, you know, they already had their center field taken care of with Lorenzo Cain. Right. So that's four, five, five guys for four spots without the DH. Now you have the DH. You can rotate them all through. Yeah. I, I like to see that. And there's, there's some other, I mean, obviously the same thing in, in LA, they have an extra outfielder because um, that failed trade. They weren't able to shed Jock Peterson. Uh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, well, I mean, technically they probably have like three extra outfielders that could play in most teams. Yeah. The Dodgers are ridiculously deep. This, this, um, they're one they're of probably the two best right fielders in the league. <laughs> so a, a 60 game season, obviously a massive um, reduction. Uh, what team suffers the most as a result of the change and what, what team could potentially see the most benefit? So, so I think that the Rays are hurt a little bit by the, by the move to this because had the season started on time, the Yankees, their uh, division rival would have had multiple starters out. James pa- uh, Paxton had had a hurt back, was supposed to miss significant time. A couple of those outfielders, Judge and Aaron Hicks and stuff, were supposed to miss significant time. So there was an opportunity for the Rays to kind of get out to a lead in the division. Um, and then, you know, now obviously the Yankees should be fully healthy, and th- that kind of squanders that opportunity for the Rays. So I think that hurts them a lot, maybe even the most, if you're really talking about teams that were in the race. Yeah, I think that hurts them. I think just the nature of that schedule hurts them. Uh, their schedule, what it should look like, is, is particularly difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're talking, you know, regional opponents, the the the, the Braves are really good. Well, the NL East is pretty is pretty. It's a pretty yeah. wide open division besides besides the Marlins, right? So you know, you've got the defending World Series champs, the Nationals, the Phillies, who people think are you know on the precipice, yep. the Braves, who were really good last year, and then the Mets, who had actually had the strongest finish next to the Dodgers out of any team in the league last year. Right. So I mean. There's some good teams in there, and the Rays now have to play all of them, you know, four times each. Uh, the, you know, hope the, you know, you would assume that they beat the Marlins or can sweep them, yeah. hopefully. But the, the Yankees also have to deal with that same schedule, to be fair. What happens when a scrub just makes the playoffs? It could definitely happen. Uh, I mean, they're expanding the playoffs, right? So I, I'm, I'm pretty confident somebody's going to not be great. That's, yeah, but at the same uh, to, at the same point, I think I think what Drew was trying to say is is baseball is a notoriously streaky sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a really good team start off slow, or if you have a bad team do really well uh, with the expanded playoff field, I think a couple teams that are below 500 get in. And if you look at last year, I mean, the, the Orioles were terrible. They were like eight, I think it was 80 games under 500. Uh, but there was a stretch. If you take out the, I think it was the um, beginning of the season minus like the first like 10 games, it was games like 11 through 70. They were actually just under 500. Yeah. So, I mean, you take that little snapshot of, of their season, they might get in the playoffs. And it's a team that is, you know, at, on a whole 162 games has no business anywhere near the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see a team like the Mariners, uh, they, they're set up in a good position to do something similar to that this year. And they're not a good team. No, no. That, there, there could be a lot of teams because normal baseball season, you see a team and they'll jump out and like, you know, if you're in like the, the Astros, 
division. Like the Astros started slow last year. Well, um, everybody knew the Astros were eventually going to overtake that division. Surely enough, they did, but it got bounced around a little bit. And so you, you, you can say in a 162 game season, like, all right, this is going to all level off, but it is bizarre in a short span. You know, I still think the better teams are obviously have an advantage, but over a short span, you know, baseball is all about streaks. You could have some teams that just get fucking hot. And it, it, it certainly makes it interesting. Um, I, dude, I, I, I'm weirdly looking forward to it, to be honest. All right, so I have a question. On the reverse of that, if there's one team that just kind of weirdly gets off to a struggle and misses the playoffs, even though we know they're a really good team, right? They're built to be this really good team. Yeah. Who do you think it'll be? And why is it the Nationals? <laughs> the Nationals, the Dodgers get off to really slow starts recently. Um, yeah, Houston got off to a slow start last year. You never know. And and with all the controversy from Houston, like we still don't even know how that's going to impact their play. Jose Altuve, tiny little man, like what is going through that guy's head? Everybody fucking hates him, yeah, except I, for in Houston, his little bubble. I could I could see Houston. I mean, obviously they have a lot of off the field things. Um, I think it's any team where they're. Their starting roster is strong. They're a top contender, but they don't have a lot of depth because uh, injuries could play a huge factor. Or if they don't have people you know, on the 60-man taxi squad that are, are ready to fill in and be big parts, Washington is obviously uh, a candidate for that. Uh, the Phillies, I think, on paper should have a good season if it's 162 games, but they're one or two injuries away from being really bad. Um, there, there's a couple other teams that have depth issues. Uh, if, if Minnesota loses any pitching, they're in trouble because they have a weak rotation to start with. Uh, they're going to hit the shit out of the ball. They're probably still going to be up in the top for you know, home runs that like, that team can, can fucking hit. But their pitching was already shaky. They've done a little bit to address it, but they're, they're two injuries away in that rotation from being kind of floundering in, in a division that they should run away with because their schedule is, is super favorable. Yes. Well, so, I mean, you say that, but I, I do think the NL, or the NL Central is a pretty good division. Even the Pirates, who are, you know, one of the worst teams, I think they have actually a chance to be better because I think they, um, you know, the, the pitching coach change that they made and, and they're moving more towards an analytics thing. So is it is it purely you're playing one other division or is it regional interleague play? Because I, I heard it was like regional interleague play. It's, it's regional interleague play. And it, but it's not necessarily a full division. It's, it's a minimal travel schedule. So like the Phillies are, will have to play the New York teams, even though they're not they're playing the whole NL East or AL East or whatever, you know. Or, I saw it was 10 games versus your division. That, yeah. that accounts for 40. And yeah. then four games versus, so the AL East will play the NL East. Okay, so it is a division base. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was a, a, a regional. Because for us, <laughs> I mean, for instance, if you're the NL East and you're playing the AL East, Miami traveling to Toronto is not sensible. Or it's my, also kind of fun. Right. But it's just not like, I, I thought it was more region based. Yeah. Um, but maybe, maybe that's not the case either way. Tampa is in a bad situation because their closest teams aren't that close and it's the better teams. It's the nationals. It's the, it's the Braves. It's, you know, some, yeah. some better teams right. minus the Marlins who aren't very good. So I'm going to go ahead and jump in here. Executive yeah. order. Um, we'll come back to baseball, but I, I gotta, <laughs> I, we're going to move past this. Yeah. It's, okay. it's, it's just, uh, I'm, 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 I'm falling asleep here. Sure. Um, <laughs> so baseball related, but there's been a lot of rumblings on Twitter recently uh, from some of the most outspoken people. And we talked about it a couple times. There just aren't a lot of interesting people in baseball personalities, but there are some extremely interesting people and they've been really outspoken recently. One of those guys is Trevor Bauer. Yeah. I think Um, he might be the king of athlete Twitter. Can uh, you name an athlete that really uses Twitter as a platform more than he does or better than he does for purely Um, entertainment value? Not really. No. I mean, 
people that have more followers, certainly. Yeah, oh, but for sure. A guy that's me personally, would I say he's probably the most entertaining sports follow? Yeah. And just kind of the accessibility. He does it for the fans. It's right. a lot of interactive, if, you know, oh, you're going to flame me for giving a home run to Max Kepler. Let me explain why I give up a home run to Max Kepler. I don't know. Antonio Brown's a pretty uh, genius. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a lot of nuance to his He's always like, it, it, all of his shit is, it's always the same. I'm going to 84 7. Uh, I'll be working out there. God is good. And that's that, like one that's, ambiguous sentence. That's, like, um, no, that's the good Antonio Brown. And then the right. off the fucking off his wagon, just completely batshit crazy Antonio Brown's like, fucking Roger Goodell. <laughs> you know, <laughs> fucking call me this and uh, just goes off on these rants and fuck my trainer too. That motherfucker, I never trusted him. And he just, he just goes off. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, at times he's a genius. Maybe, maybe he's doing it all on purpose. Who knows? Do you guys think Antonio Brown gets signed this year? By the way, I, I think so. I mean, yeah. there's already teams leaning in. So you see, you know, the um, the Ravens and Seattle were reported to reportedly considering signing him. Which I said last year that I thought that the Ravens should have signed him. I think that would have been a good move for their playoff chances if they had another dynamic wide receiver out there, and they didn't. And you know, we saw them get take you know basically take away the first read for Lamar Jackson and get beat by that. Um, I think the 49ers also should consider it for sure, because outside of Debo, you know, who are the wide receivers that you think are any good, but the NFL has has shown us time and time again, if you have uh, ability, if you have skill and some gas left in the tank, they will forgive you for pretty much anything. Well, did you hear that Josh, um, Josh Gordon got reinstated again? Josh Gordon gets reinstated. I mean, honestly, I'm not, I have how he, many chances do you get? But for but it's, for, it's for stupid shit. It's for it's for marijuana. Oh, I don't, I'm not saying that, that the NFL shouldn't. Yeah. I'm saying should a team be concerned about signing him? So if they're going to continue, but what to do sign you? That I, guy, I guarantee the contract's going to say if he gets suspended again, we don't even pay him. Like I I don't think you take any risk there. And then the top side, he's still a talented athlete. I mean, Cream Hunt has a job. So the NFL has shown that if you have ability, they will overlook whatever you're doing off the field. Unless your name's Colin Kaepernick or Ray Rice. Right. Well, Ray Rice, but that's the point. Like, Ray Rice didn't have much left on the, in the tank. Like, he was already getting towards the end of his career. There wasn't enough runway there to make it worth it. The Kaepernick thing's a whole other situation. Um, but but back, back here's, to the, my, here's my thing on, t- on Antonio Brown. I mean, I, I, being a Steelers fan, I lived with Antonio Brown for a long time. <laughs> if the Patriots and Steelers can't get Antonio Brown to work, that's a good point. he isn't going to work anywhere. I mean, honestly, the, those are two of the most well, like not seeing Seattle. They're or strong locker rooms. Aren't, yeah. But, but he's beyond it. Teams should be interested. Teams should inquire, but this is all an Antonio Brown problem thing. Um, team should line up. He, he would still be a number one or number two. There's no question there. He can just no longer exist within a team. It, it's, it's a fully an Antonio Brown yeah. thing not an organization team. And he is honestly, he's beyond repair. Uh, How many targets do you think he would have gotten if he would have stayed in Oakland last year? I think he would have gotten like 120 plus targets. He would have had a monster season. Yep. And, and uh, David from our fantasy league wouldn't have finished in last place for the second consecutive year. <laughs> but dude, so we were talking about Trevor Bauer, Trevor Bauer just fucking roasted. Well, he didn't even, it wasn't even him, but he reposted. So somebody wrote to Aubrey Huff, the biggest <laughs> douche there is. So Aubrey, Aubrey Huff played for the Rays when we were kids. Yeah. His uh, mom coached or coached taught, <laughs> taught taught at the high school we went to. And she was the most uninteresting person. I don't, I don't want to talk about it with his mom or anything. He's the douchebag. Um, 
But anyways, this guy just for the longest time, he's just a piece of shit. Yeah, he's a scumbag. He he's, appeals to a certain uh, demographic, and he's just a, a douchebag. Just an idiot. What was he thinking coming after Trevor Bowers, the first thing? He's, coming, yeah. he, he, like, he's oh doing God. anything he can do to remain somewhat relevant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, lash, lashing out at anything. He, he's been doing it. This is like the third or fourth episode this offseason alone where he's done it, and, and people just continue to like, you know, like stomp it out, and he just continues to do it because he's just you know, he's a low life any plebis, pub, uh, any publicity is good publicity is that his motto or something right. i don't know like, i guess so but what do you yeah, say go, he goes have you ever heard of bofa it's yeah, like b-o-f-a Bo, bofa plus yeah bofa plus oh, and so he good. goes i don't know what that is like both of these balls bitch yeah you will just like just random <laughs> people in the dms these, roast. These, just getting absolutely nuts. roasted by strangers on twitter and your dms oh, yeah like, both of these nuts bitch yeah he's he, he's a shit show just a racist scumbag um, it's always good to see him tamp down. Of course, Kurt Schilling jumps to his defense. Yeah, dude. Uh, which, if I was Kurt Schilling, like you're already borderline to get in the Hall of Fame. Like, just shut your mouth until you get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but that's but, also the most predictable thing of all time. Right? Yeah, oh. everyone. I mean, oh. come on, people. You knew it was going to happen. Yes. Right. Yes. And and now he's deleted his Twitter. I don't know if some maybe his agent got in his ear was like, "Yo, get rid of this shit." Dude, I loved <laughs> Kurt Schilling as a player, man. He was incredible. Yeah, he was so fucking dynamic and just so good, dude. So good. Yeah. Um, just. Postseason monster, just everything about that guy. Love him to death when he played. Now he's such a scumbag. And there's there's been a lot of guys like that. When you, you love him when they played. Uh, Adrian Peterson's a big guy for me. Like, w- in his 20s, he could do no wrong. And then all of a sudden, he got this big contract, and he turned into this, like, weirdo. Um, and th- I, I think it just kind of gets to some people's heads, and, and some people just stay quiet while they're playing, and then they become just complete douchebags when they get out, I, get out of it. I don't mind. Like, I can coexist, and, and I don't really care if people have terrible political views or social views or anything, but it's the people who are intentionally agitators about it who go looking to, to piss people off and like get some joy out of, of you know making people – you know, upset or riling people up like those are the people i have just no time for and that's like aubrey huff will do anything for attention anything for attention well he, he went after the king you know you, you go you go at the king you better not miss going yeah. after bauer was uh, a bold move gotten especially guy like bauer's like i was a, like an i'm an average player like i'm not like comparing anything but like you know aubrey tries to fl- like flex on him and show two world series rings like awesome you had one at bat in the 12 terrible. in the 2012 world terrible series. in those seasons you had 12 at bats in the entire playoffs and hit 111 like you like those are participation trophies absolutely <laughs> fucking what, first baseman right for the majority of his career well he's first, only a pinch hitter by first that baseman point. outfielder yeah yeah um, he, he had some good seasons with the rays but i mean he was he was the most relevant as a player when the Rays were absolutely irrelevant. Right, you, when you're a good player and you're on the Rays, you look like an all star, and right. so he got some all star appearances out of it. So to the NFL, uh, storming the internet as it always does, the Face app. Every time they come out with a new filter, just everybody blows up, and all of a sudden it's it's the meme sensation for weeks. <laughs> Somebody commented on one of our posts the other day that we did a Face app. He goes, "Dear God, I can't wait until this is over again." It's true because yeah. every meme you see for like three days after they come out and dude, just feeding the, images. The it. filters are incredible. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. It's fucking unreal. But so they, there's been all over viral page. They, they've taken a bunch of NFL players, taken a bunch of athletes and turned them into chicks. Yep. And so the question has to, I love some of the comments we've got on Instagram. They're just so funny. Like one person was just like, Oh Lord, I would do terrible things at DeAndre Hopkins as a woman. <laughs> <laughs> And just seeing stuff like that is so funny. But for you guys personally, 
Like, give me a few of like the ones that you would just absolutely like, no question about it. No um, doubt in my mind. When I saw the picture for the first time, I had my initial thought was the most attractive male football player is also the most attractive female football yes. player. I would bang the shit at a female Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. yeah. Like just, just smoking hot. Like he's already on the borderline as a dude. Like an Italian just stallion. Per- just, I, I, I saw one where it was like, he literally looks like this li- this chick who's an actress. Like yeah. literally looks yeah. like her. Like you, you could, he looks a little bit like, Kate, like, like a, like a, a more ethnically diverse, like Kate Middleton. I was just like, yes. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Dude, he could be a Kardashian sister. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's got, <laughs> yes. he's got like the Sicilian, like, like Mediterranean like skin. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, other side of the Mediterranean. I think sure. female Matt Stafford looks kind of cute. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> really? It wasn't, it wasn't terrible. I don't know. It wasn't the worst I saw. Yeah. Some of the some of the ones were really interesting though. It's like, hmm, how did that come out? Because like it changed like, like ethnicities coming one, through. One that was really surprising to me, and there's actually a lot of them that are surprising. Some that are like were surprisingly ugly chicks. Like, oh, you know what? I always thought if you were a chick, you'd be a little hotter. <laughs> Yeah, it's Sam, a weird thing. Sam Darnold was weird. scary looking. Oh, dude, Sam Darnold is just like like washed up, used up prostitute. No, that, like she looks like he he looks like he'd be in a brothel in like Game of Thrones. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like just Kyler Murray underwhelmed me. I was a little disappointed by the Kyler Murray. <laughs> well, Asian. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Sam Darnold reminds me of a a gold digger down in Texas. Just like big hair and fake everything. Like y'all. Like that's y'all. Y'all. Yeah, I can see big, that. Big Ben was hideous. Oh my! I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's an ugly person anyway. But I, I think Big Ben had to be the ugliest. Boy. Fucking Brady was beautiful as expected. Brady's beautiful. Um, I, I thought I thought Pat Mahomes looked pretty good as a chick. Yeah, yeah, uh, dude. Uh, I think the most surprising for me, who I wouldn't have thought would have been hot, was uh, Mike Evans. Pretty yep. cute. Yeah. Like she, like the girl next door, like big eyes, like dude. Mike Evans, Mike Evans is not an attractive man. Um, a very attractive woman, as it turns out. Did you guys see Chris Long? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Chris, Chris Long, really hot. Really hot. That's so fucking weird. R- Roger, yeah. G- Roger Goodell looks frightening, though. I didn't see that uh, one. Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins was also, I was like, hmm, I thought that would have looked better. Like, I wasn't, <laughs> as into, I wasn't as into Dwayne Haskins or Teddy Bridgewater as I thought I would have been. Um, Matt, but, Matt Ryan but Dak Prescott, like Kristen Wig, Dak like Prescott, identical. yeah, dude. I just, I just think it's so funny how the, the Face app—they must work on these filters for so long. And by the way, Face app is a foreign company. I don't know if you guys knew this. Oh yeah. So it was a huge controversy when it first came out because you know these these gender swaps and these things—they've been around for a really long time. And the Face app stormed the internet. Everybody downloaded it, and then all of a sudden there were all these articles: don't download Face app. They're they're uploading your your pictures. Like who the fuck cares? It's, like yeah, it, it's propaganda from the United States so that people will to try to you know not not support our. Your face is out there already everywhere. Oh yeah, every like, fucking where. Yeah, if you're on Google at any point, your face is everywhere. So yeah. don't, be, don't be too worried about that. But yeah, dude, I definitely storm the and it's it's all the same unoriginal memes. Like this is what so-and-so would look like as women. And then one of them's not a woman like, Oh, good. It he's a woman. Yeah. <laughs> so face app's going to come out with something even better in like a year. And it's going to storm the internet again. Gonna Everyone's going to love like it. A crustacean period, like dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to see what our fan Bush thinks about, uh, thinks who, who, who is hottest quarterback. That's a is. good question. If they've seen it, that's a good Justin question. Herbert looks like a girl I dated in college. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> it was the same person. If only she was 6'5", Brandon. All right, so are we doing our first fan bush? Let's do it. All right, so we got Remy, and we are calling without our number. So odds are they don't pick up. But if they do, prepare yourselves, because it's probably going to be really confusing for them. We've yet to have a person that we don't know pick up. Remy. Yeah. How are you doing today, sir? You've just been fanbushed. Okay, cool. So you were on the Sports Memory podcast. Uh, One of your friends set you up. Um, This is a segment where we basically call terrible fans of certain franchises and give them shit for their terrible (laughs) fandom. Oh, okay. I can now. I, I kind of haven't reminded on this. Okay. Yep. So who do you, who do you think who do you think set you up? First of all, we 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 will not give away their private information, but we're just curious if you know. Okay. Well, he goes by Cliff now, but I call him Angus, <laughs> as do most of our friends. So I don't know. That, I mean, that's got to be it. It's definitely him. So Remy, Remy, let me ask you a question. Uh, why do you think your friend thinks you're a terrible friend? Because he gave us some details and, or sorry, a terrible fan. Um, he gave us some <laughs> details, and I have to concur. It sounds like you're a pretty shit fan, bro. Um, you know what? That's just him projecting his insecurities about his fandom. <laughs> so who are your I teams? I think he's got a photo collage. Who are he's your got teams? A photo collage of him and like different, nine different team jerseys. So. I don't know. Maybe I should have made this this on him. So. <laughs> Maybe next week. Next Maybe. week we'll have a revenge fan bush. <laughs> so who's your basketball team? The Heat. Okay. And where are you from again? So I was born in Miami. Okay. All right. So that, and, it, and when I started to get an NBA, it um, was like the year right before the Heat won the championship with uh, Dwayne Wade. Right. And um, I was just watching him play, and I was just like, dude, he's a man. Uh, I just really enjoyed his play, so that's why like, I, I decided to root for him. Like, what year did you become like a big Heat fan? Was it around the time of like the Shaq entrance, or like what? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's when I started to pay attention. I mean, you know, I'm not like that old, so it's like, uh, that's, what was that, like 2005 and six. Well, I got a question for you. You got drafted, right? And then, like, I was aware of all that. With like, that was just an amazing draft class. But yeah, go ahead. Do you hate LeBron James, or what are your thoughts on LeBron James now? Because <laughs> I know a lot of Heat fans, and people are very split about their love of LeBron James. What are your thoughts on LeBron? Yeah, I used to be a, a LeBron hater big time after he left because I really thought, you know, they could have they could have at least made one more. One more championship. I also lost a bunch of money betting on that, so that, that didn't help. <laughs> ah, fellow degenerate. I start, I'm starting to like Remy. That's right. Well, Remy, we're liking you despite the fact that we have to hate you. So let's move to the NFL. Okay. And this is where your bad fandom clearly comes in, my friend. So tell me, currently, because it sounds like there was a bit of a 
Caitlyn Jenner-like transition. <laughs> who is your current NFL team? Uh, okay, so um, <laughs> the Broncos. <laughs> is it though? Uh, well, you know what? I just I moved to Boston like two years ago, so I live in Boston right now, and I went to a few Patriots games, and you know, it's like they they. I mean, literally, the the year I moved to Boston, they. The Red Sox won and the Patriots won, and I went to the parade. And it's like, you know, <laughs> well, I went in Rome. Right. And then there's Tom Brady, and he's just like, you know, this is the GOAT. And so maybe maybe now I'll join Cliff down in Tampa and be a, a Bucks fan. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a little trans. Got a little bit of a. Fucking do it. Trans- I mean, you're so already now, a terrible fan. So this is, this, is a, this is an important distinction. Like, let's make this distinction. If you start rooting for a dynasty in the last year of the dynasty, and are there for the rebuild, do you get to become a fan? A legitimate fan? It's not like he's claiming everything good that happened. He's he's jumping in on the down on the downturn. Nah, he jumped in when they were winning. <laughs> and, and, well, and, see, and I wouldn't and, consider myself a Patriots fan though. I just was enjoying when you asked the game, him, you know? yeah. When you asked him, he claimed he was a Broncos fan. Okay. So So you would say you're officially a Broncos fan, but you dabble in some some Broncos. Or sorry, it's in some Patriots. Oh, yeah. So he's he's Newman. Uh, he's basically well, Newman. And not, and not, not even close, Brandon. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. This is funny. Where can I listen to this? Uh, oh, dude, we'll, uh, we'll, 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 plug that. We'll, we'll we'll tell your friend and he'll he'll send you the link for sure. <laughs> so you got so you got the Miami Heat, and right off the bat, we didn't really like you that much. Um, and then it goes, and you say Denver Broncos, but you're also kind of a Patriots fan, aren't we all? But without Tom Brady, like, do you have any love for the Patriots anymore? Oh, uh, no, I don't care about them. No, not at all? I don't even have Gronk anymore. I mean, what do they have? Julian Edelman? We're going to be an Edelman fan? Yeah, nah, I'm good. Are you not an Edelman fan? Yeah, babe. How do, how do you not love Jules? Stop. <laughs> Your loyalty is blowing our mind right now. (laughs) (laughs) So I got. I mean, like, I gotta also, I gotta identify you guys too. Like, if you're like a Tampa Bay region guys, or you like, if you're like Cleveland, then I don't know which we should really Uh, talk anymore. Like, maybe we should hang up the phone. I don't know. I think you're trying to uh, peg a fan base within our uh, podcast, and you're you're not going to be successful because there's eight of us and uh, we all, we all hail from different parts of the country, but there's plenty to make fun of, but we're not going to give you that ammunition. (laughs) Fuck that. We're not giving you any ammunition whatsoever. Had to try. Had to try. So last on the list, baseball, Miami heat, Denver Broncos, you're already going all around the fucking country. And then we come to the the Cubs. So let me guess. You became a Cubs fan at around what? When it's fifteen? <laughs> no, it's seventeen, right? It was when they won the World Series. Yeah. When, okay, did, you, so when did you become a Cubs fan? Well, they, they lost. Let me explain the Cubs fan. Yeah. So, um, my family moved to Virginia, right outside DC. Uh, gosh, how long ago? I mean, when I was uh, entering what elementary school, like around then, right. and then. Uh, so DC didn't have a baseball team, but they have a football team. And uh, yeah, um, <laughs> we don't. I don't talk about them. Personally, but, uh, so the next closest team was the Orioles, and 
you know, Cal Ripken Jr., amazing player. Like, tons of respect to the guy, but it, it just wasn't enough because I think the rest of the team was just garbage. And so I just wasn't feeling the Baltimore vibe. And my Little League team was the Cubs, and I loved Little League. We were pretty awesome. Our team was, like, pretty much undefeated every year, so that like, didn't hurt. And so I just decided to follow the Cubs then, and they were terrible. They were terrible for so long. And I went, What was the time frame I was there for the Bartman incident and all that. So Little League, like, 11, 12 years old. Right. Right? You know, I've actually heard that, that a like few middle times. School. I've I've heard some people who are on the just like random little league teams and then became fans of that that baseball team. I've actually I, I know a couple of people who, who have that same story, so that's interesting. Con- conveniently enough, Yankees fans, but yeah, and I suffered with them. <laughs> that's their through excuse. that whole time. And I would say that World Series was one of the best World Series ever versus the Cleveland team. Hmm. I mean, that was that was really. I mean, it, people it don't talk about that enough. They it, should talk about that game seven more. Yeah. Have you been to Wrigley Field? So I was supposed to go um, a couple years ago, actually, but uh, work prevented me, and I, I haven't been yet. I've been to Chicago a couple times, but it wasn't during baseball season. And, Have so, you seen the Cubs live? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I went to spring training game, too, once okay. um, in Arizona. Wrigleyville is unreal, man, especially if you're a fan. Like, I, I'm a uh, Pirates fan, um, so I've, I, but I've lived close to Chicago my whole life. Uh, Wrigleyville is one of the best experiences. The field itself is shit and falling apart. Like there's literally concrete <laughs> falling from from the rafters. Um, but it, the whole atmosphere in Wrigley Field is is hard to beat in in any sport. So Remy, you seem like a puddle jumper. It seems like you're half in on every team that you've ever been on. <laughs> Like, if, if, if I were to probe you a little bit longer, I'm sure you'd be like, yeah, I went through a little White Sox phase back in 2001. Um, and you know what? Uh, I wasn't always a Broncos fan. Actually, like the when Cardinals the Raiders were really good in the late 90s, I switched over to them because my grandma's aunt was actually living in Oakland at the time. And we met five years prior, and she told me how good it was to be an Oakland fan, and I just kind of ran with it for up to six months where I then went back to the Broncos and then 10 years later I went to the Patriots but now I'm kind of done with the Patriots and I think I'm kind of loving this year the Chiefs <laughs> don't forget that time oh my had a girlfriend who was a Cowboys fan and you know he just did it to be a good boyfriend you know <laughs> so he was a Cowboys fan for a little bit so Remy That's when, are, when are you gonna fucking situation. when are you gonna put a ring on a team dude He's a Chief fan and their family. She's oh, from Kansas City. Their whole family is Chief fan. So okay. um, we were at a wedding Jesus. during the AFC championship, I think. And like, I guess a few families decided not because this was uh, her friends. A few families didn't show up and went to a game instead. So there's like uh, family feuds now from that. Jeez. So, Remy, one, one more question before we let you go. Which NFL quarterback is the hottest as a woman. It's literally exactly what I was just saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've seen those pictures. Oh, gosh. Who was the funniest? I mean, oh, God. You know you had one uh, you looked at just a little bit longer than the other ones while you were shitting. Yeah, you're scrolling through, and there was what? one that you hovered over. Mm-hmm. Who was it? Oh, you know what? Who was mesmerizing was Big Ben. Oh, what? Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> Raise your standards. Mm-hmm. Well... Um, with that, Remy, we got to say, 
Uh, so this has been an intervention. You just been fanbush, bitch. Goodbye. <laughs> Spe- speaking of Big Ben. <clears throat> oh boy! How about the news on him today? With oh, the yeah. whole like coming out where it's like, oh, I'm addicted to porn and I'm addicted to drugs and alcohol, was, and booze, whatever. Was yeah, yeah was, was he's passed was. It now. And but don't worry, I'm a Christian now. I'm I'm good. Born again, baby. <laughs> he, the Big Ben Revenge Tour is fucking on. Uh, clear, clear head, full heart, can't lose, baby. Yeah, I mean, but it's literally full it's sack. Literally, I mean, he he couldn't clear head, but full ass sack. I, I don't dude. think you're allowed to be a yinzer until you pick up an addiction of some sort. That's, that's <laughs> true. You've never said anything more true. That's very very, very true. So, uh, Mr. Brandon joining us from Indianapolis. He is a yinzer, as yinzy as it get. He's yes. the yinziest yins I've ever yinzed. <laughs> Fucking terrible, dude. Uh, big Big Ben has never been skinnier. His arms never been more healthy. He looks, He's never he had felt. less distractions. Um, it, how can you not just determine that the Steelers are going to win Super Bowl number seven? Because maybe it's, the secret to his power was Pornhub and freaking railing some vodkas. I mean, night. look how terrible John Daly was when he stopped drinking. Yeah. Look how bad Tiger was when he started mm-hmm. stopped banging Waffle House waitresses. Like some people yeah. need those vices. When you guys are two and four, are you going to be like, well, at least Big Ben's doing well personally? <laughs> <laughs> We were two and four with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. We're always two and four, and then we rattle off six in a row, and we'll be we'll be fine. We'll I think fine. that I think that division might be the best division in the NFL. I'm just gonna say that straight up because Depends I depends on Joe Burrow. Honestly. I I, I, I still like I, the I, NFC West. I weirdly but. I weirdly really like, uh, and you're gonna this is fucking you're gonna get so mad at me. I really like the Bengals this year. I think I think they're a strange dark horse. If you actually look at their season last year, on paper, just record-wise, obviously it looks terrible. But if you actually look at the stats in the game, they were in almost every single game. You bring in a guy like Joe Burrow, they still got a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Like I, I'm just I'm just curious what they can do. I'm not saying they're going to win the division or anything like that, but I do think they're, they're going to be like one of those disrupting teams. You know what I'm saying? It's going to get some upsets. We, we differ greatly. I mean, you put their wins around five to seven. I still think they're a two to four win team. Um, so yeah, we we clearly differ, and it, it kind of starts at at how well Joe Burrow is going to do in his rookie season. Well, I've never uh, expected a, a Pittsburgh Steelers fan to have an objective view of the <laughs> NFC North or the AFC North. Yeah. Uh, not what they're known for. So I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. On I mean, brand baby. The Browns, the Browns brand. could be good this year. Like there, there's some other elements there. I, I think the NFC, the AFC North has a chance. NFC West is good. NFC South is good. Um, Baker was born to go seven and nine. That's think just, so? That's his destiny. Maybe Baker. I mean, you know, I don't know. He, he's definitely shown allegedly everything he's doing in, in the off seasons. Right? He's focusing on football, uh, focusing on, on on leading and and you know really diving into the playbook. But, um, but back back to Big Ben, sure. Real real quick. Yeah. Why come out and say that? Like he's already like kind of ran himself through the mud. So, like so he, that's just a silly. Like I I understand it was during a, a Christian retreat Zoom call to thousands of people like i understand the context but i I would think somebody of his status would have a little bit more self-awareness i mean we talked about last week you know there's no need to say things yeah it just was kind of a kind of a dumb move that i would thought he's been in the limelight enough that he would know so i don't really understand it i don't think that he was doing it for 
recognition on a worldwide scope. He was trying to make a little bit of a confession to people that he thought were fellow Christians, and they would, you know, embrace him for him, his, him being the honest. Journey and, and all that, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think he had in, intentions in, in terms of, you know, this getting leaked to the, the rest of the, the world. But, you know, it did. And, uh, so 2020, so of course it did. Yeah, don't do anything in 2020 if you don't want anyone else to know about You're it. You're talking about the Roethlisberger thing? Yeah. 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 We're, we're basically, like, brands like, why, why Why would you say that at all? Well, it, for, for me, it's like, you know, some bands that go clean, and then they start producing some of the shittiest albums of their career. Yeah. That's that's kind of what I think we're going to see out of Big Ben. Yeah. Maybe maybe his uh, alcohol and, and uh, bathroom shenanigans were the key to his power. Maybe. <laughs> I yes. mean, they haven't won a Super Bowl in a while, so... Right. Yeah. You know, pretty made, low him bar. Him and Brett Kiesel after games on Sundays used to split a 24 case of beer um, at Big Ben's house. That's that's a true story. It's not even Kiesel that much, and- bro. <laughs> <laughs> when they that played, Boggs level. When that they is played, not, yeah, not- Post game, twelve beers. Come oh, on. Oh, post game. Who yeah, cares? Exactly. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. That's fucking amateur hour. He's like 250 pounds. It's amateur hour. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Peak, Peak Big Ben was uh, real large. No, nah, he's like 280 probably. Yeah. Do you think Brady's had 24 beers in the last 20 years? Dude, Dude apparently, apparently Brady is a, is really good at slamming have some you ever, beers. Have you ever seen he him chug like a beer? beast. Chuck's like a no. fucking beast. He's a he's a. Tank. I saw him on that one talk show where he refused to do it. Like no, he bit. did it, and he fucking owned up like a champ, dude. I hate Brady more than anybody, but he chugs like a champ. I'm fucking very impressed. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> oh, yeah. but fucking Brady, beautiful, <laughs> yeah. beautiful. Bucks game that was really embarrassing by Rodgers. Oh, I mean, dude. I'm telling you right now that it's all sub two seconds. Like he he slams beer. He's very very fast. He he would put me to the test for sure. And then and then pukes it right back up because he's not allowed to drink. <laughs> he just he just skips his avocado ice cream that day. All right, guys. So let's go to the noose. Uh, all right. Sorry. The, sorry. The the noose. The 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 noose. Let's go to the noose. Um, Bubba, Bubba Wallace. Biggest story of the week. Kind of tiptoeing it. That's why we're going to address it on the 45th hour. And then we're going to go right to a fan bush so we can forget about it. But obviously the biggest story of the week. Um, just kind of crazy happenings. Yeah. So the the story, the timeline of events are that people from his team reported seeing a uh, noose in the garage that they're assigned to. And these garages rotate, by the way. Randomly assigned. They're, they're randomly assigned. So saw this rope shaped in the fashion of a noose. Literally... A noose is a knot, people. It doesn't always apply to hanging people. I think that's what a lot of people are confused by. So the internet just blew up. And for last week, NASCAR was on board with him. Uh, They did this whole thing. Like, everybody's been super supportive. And now everybody's turning on him. They think it's like this hoax. Like, I'm I'm very shocked at kind of the blowback of this. Because to me, it seems like a simple misunderstanding. But, like, what what were you guys' thoughts on that? So I, th- I thought our meme that we'd made about it uh, was, you know, on par. We're uh, jumping to conclusions. Yeah. And that's pretty much what happened. As soon as it gets released to the media, oh, one of the team members of Bubba Wallace finds allegedly what he looks like a noose. Marty, Marty Smith, you know, sends it out to ESPN, and then, boom, it's all over the place. Everyone's just like, there's a noose found in this. And, you know, they're, report- they're not reporting that it- it's just found in Bubba Wallace's station, right? Nobody's actually saying that Bubba Wallace is the person that found it. He's the one that was reporting it, and NASCAR is going to, you know, investigate. And the FBI jumps in and investigates, and they're like, 
oh, that's been there for like years. Right. But but to me, this is the way the process is supposed to work. So it's it's strange to people because it actually went the way it's supposed to happen. Right. Uh, so the, the person that found it on his crew was black as well. So probably a little more sensitive to looking for that symbology means more to him than somebody else who, who just kind of glances past it, doesn't think anything of it. It was a noose, period. It, that's the, the yeah. knot is what it was. It wasn't malicious. It wasn't directed at him. So there was no intent. Um, but it, it is what it was. They reported it. NASCAR took it seriously. Report, you know, did their own investigation. Said, "Yep, confirmed. That's what this is." There's, there's still no confirmation that Bubba Wallace firsthand saw it at all. He said he wasn't in the garages that week. That's part of their, their, uh, kind of the standard operating procedures with with the with the coronavirus. That he's in the Winnebago. He's in in the the the. He's separate from the garage. The garage people are handling the garage activities, and he's away from that. So there, we still don't know that he's seen it firsthand at all. They were trying to shield him from it, go to NASCAR. NASCAR called him and said, hey, we need to. We want to talk to you, but we want to talk to you in person. So they tell him about it, and he's like, yeah, you know, I, I kind of already knew when he talked to his team. And then the FBI took over the investigation. The NASCAR confirmed what it was. It was a noose. And then the media reported that there was a noose found. That nothing was not factually true. It, no. There was a noose found in the stall that he was yeah. assigned. But the media completely blew it out of proportion, yes. making it seem like there was some sort of racial, you know, uh, incident, races, uh, incident of racism where they're actively targeting him. You know, they made it look like that. And then when the information comes out from the FBI and they're like, oh, maybe we should report this. It was actually there for a long time. Then there's a blowback, right? And now the blowback's like, oh, look at them. They're just trying to make everything into a race issue. And it's like, here we are. So, the, my thoughts, um, where do I start? And as a white person, I feel like this is just like all of our spaces where this doesn't (laughs) impact us nearly as much as it would impact anyone of color. Um, But white people seem to be the people that have the most opinions about it. Always. Yeah. So, what's your ears? Like loudest, (laughs) loudest voices. So, there's, I don't even know how many NASCAR racetracks there are. Um, too many, too many and multiple stalls at said racetracks. Correct. So whether it wasn't targeted at Bubba Wallace, however, the fact that there was a rope, whether it was for function for decoration, if they want just somebody put it up there at whatever the intentions were, it was still fashioned in the shape of a noose. And if it was a common way to use as a garage door pull this wouldn't have been like a new thing right it's not i mean and honestly just from, no, uh, from I, a knot standpoint it's not a super effective yeah, knot for that not, <laughs> yeah it's not an effective knot so the, so the fact that it was up there in the first place is concerning i don't think it is i i, I literally think it was just a complete coincidence it could, um, yeah, it's, it it's been it's been there that, since October. That certain person right. uses multiple drivers have been in and out. Like, wait, well, let's not let's not right. try and still play to the story like it's true. It's not true, but it's it's also not a hoax. Right, a hoax right. is something that people have to be a part of. This was not a hoax. Yeah, not even slightly a hoax. And the people are thinking it's a conspiracy. Like NASCAR wanted attention and ratings. It's, why would you do something that was so? The this FBI disproved, disproved it in like three days. Yes. Like it wasn't like that was, it was something that was sustan- substantiated where they like they would never have went out of their way to perpetuate that. And it's also not playing to their typical audience. To their base at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's a crazy non-story and everybody's piling on this guy because he, he exists in a sport where he's the only black man in his entire sport. I mean, that's crazy. That's fucking nuts in itself. Like they're, they're, it's the least diverse sport in all of America. Yeah. It's not even close. 
So you got this guy who's always felt like a minority because he is, by the definition, by the most extreme definition, the minority in that sport. He's probably always felt kind of targeted and, and maybe like alienated. And then he's away. He hears that there's a noose in his stall. How the fuck would you react? Right. Not even two weeks prior, you had objected to the Confederate flag, which is associated with some groups like the KKK and other white supremacist groups that have gotten violent in the past. So I have to assume that his family was taking precautions. Um, he was probably telling, you know, even like his mom, like his extended family, they need to take precautions because they could potentially come under fire as a target. So that's the thing for me. Like he's he's listened to all this from afar, dude. I would have reacted the same fucking way. Yeah. And people people that are condemning him, comparing him to Jesse Smollett, grow the fuck up. Yeah. Grow the fuck up. It's completely different situations. Jesse Smollett beat the shit out of himself, <laughs> literally tied a noose, and that it was the the most pathetic. Like the fact that they're even comparing to Jesse Smollett just because he's a black another black man is absolutely fucking insane. Yeah. Do you know how many Caucasians have perpetuated hoaxes to a similar degree? <laughs> Lots of them. Lots of them. <laughs> yeah. Remember the, the, uh, the Ryan Lochte got robbed? Yes, when he exactly, was in, in dude. The, yeah. Great fucking callback. Yeah. Ryan Lochte, there you go. Why is nobody calling him Ryan Lochte? Right. Nobody's calling him Ryan Lochte. It's, it's like the, you know, the it's almost like the white wide receiver which is, thing. Which is a better... It's still a terrible parallel because yeah. again, it was perpetuated for a, a cause and reason. He was actively doing it versus you know getting secondhand information, and, and nothing he said was singling out saying, "I know a specific person did this to target me specifically." He's just like, "Man, that's that, you know, just calling out." How about how about the kid, the high school kid who uh, decided that he's going to convince everyone that he's being recruited by like a like a division power in college football and has like a big old signing day at his school and then never had a single division one offer. But like the the news, the local news is like covering. I didn't the story. hear about that. Yeah, it blew up. This is oh a few years ago. He's supposed to like some kid who's an offensive tackle. And it's like they they eventually call the school. They're like, yeah, he doesn't have an offer. That's like, funny. I don't know, I don't know what you guys. Wow. Know. Yeah. So <laughs> hoaxes happen every single day. The fact that it's being compared to Jesse Smollett is very telling by the group that's making that comparison. Very yeah. fucking telling. Yeah. And we don't like to get too political on this podcast or a page. But the things I've seen the last week are just fucking disgusting. Yeah. And, and if you think that this somehow like cheapens the display that NASCAR put on for their only black driver last week, you're disgusting. No, yeah. I, I still think that it doesn't take away from that at all. Yeah. That, and yeah. honestly, like, I, I think that the response that NASCAR had, like, there, was, it, there was no... Dude, NASCAR's playing it well. They went over yeah. yeah. They, they, they took the, the necessary precautions. Even the FBI, at first glance, was like, yes, this is something we need to investigate. Yeah. It's not like they turned it away right away. 100%. Like, yeah. All of the reactions are incredibly valid. Yeah. 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 My, 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 quick, my quick thoughts is, um, now is the time to be hypersensitive and hypervigilant against racism. Let's eliminate it at all costs. Right. And in this case, there happened to no, not be any... Uh, any, any vicious or intent to it but hey if we can as the more racism we can eliminate the better and this happened to get its due, due process and, and got eliminated good well next time yeah let's do it again let's make and, it and, go through the due process again and let's eliminate as much of this shit as possible and a lot of it had to do with timing like i mean obviously everything else is going socially right now um puts a magnification on it it should and keep going in my if, opinion if, if, it yeah i i agree but it, in a normal circumstance, if, if we were approaching the, the MLB All-Star game and training camps are getting ready to start and college football was reporting, I don't think this, even under those circumstances, would have got as much attention as it did. I, th I think there's a function of that as well, is of how much it got hyped up and overblown. 
It's just people want to fill airtime. Sure. All right, I think it's time to to bring on our next fan bush. Here. Yeah, so I what's can't wait for yeah, this one. we got this pretty started. deep there. We got deeper than we normally get on the podcast, but uh, it needed to be said. Um, so this next one is super fucking funny yes. because this was just a this is literally a recommendation, and I I almost feel like this was kind of set up. Um, but this was not set up. This was a, this is a recommendation by one of our Instagram followers who recommended somebody that. Not only do we know, we know super fucking well. He's in our fantasy league. Like we're going to be spending an entire weekend with him, so we're still going to acquiesce his request to call one of the worst sports fans. And actually, he's actually a decent sports fan. So debatable, but, yeah, debatable. I'm excited but to talk to Steve. He, he's like a college him. team. So you reached five one three three. Oh. <laughs> he said his number. No. <laughs> Son of a bitch. That's, not, that's a Steve that move. Phone is dead is very He's passed out in a ditch somewhere. It's, it's only the. Well, let, me, let me try him one more time. Yeah. Let me try him one more time. Just make sure you're quick on that uh, that hangout so you don't give away the rest of his number. Oh. Oh. Also, somebody who would not answer. Never yeah. Nah, he's screening our call. That's yeah, no, he's crazy. definitely screening our call. We can't he, even he leave him. Wind of it. You reached 513 368 Shit. <laughs> Oof. that in post. You know what? I, you know what? I think I'm going to edit it out. It happen to a 57 minutes. Somebody remember that. <laughs> maybe we'll edit it out. Maybe we won't. We should have picked up your phone, bitch. Because we know, you know, we, you, you shit. You said no on the first one. And then the second one, you let it ring and then you didn't fucking pick it up. So I think we're going to let it air. We'll let that fly. So, so if we do let it air and you guys happen to hear this, go ahead and text him how bad a fan he is. Right. Gosh. You're a bad fan. You're a bad fan. So, Brando, I understand yes. you have something you'd like to talk to us about. What would you like to share with the class? Yes. So, uh, do you guys know what the the basketball tournament is? Nope. I was specifically told not to research it. Yep. You told yes. us we can't look it up. <laughs> I, I know some about it, but I'll, I'll let you have the, the floor here. So, uh, did any of your guys' parents or maybe yourself play in any Gus Macker style tournaments? When you guys were growing no up. No idea who that is. I don't know who Gus Macker is. Who the fuck is Gus Macker? Is that like it's, a Midwest thing? In, we grew up in Florida, and, remember, bro? Uh, it's it's big in the Midwest and the East Coast. But basically, you know, it's it's amateur single or double elimination tournaments um, held over a span of a couple days. So starting back in 2015, uh, the basketball tournament started. Um, and it's a winner-take-all tournaments double elimination tournament. And the only requirement is you cannot have played on a professional team in that calendar year. So it has a bunch of NBA busts, college stars, all, all put European, together on these teams. Guys um, who played in Europe and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's uh, last year there was up to 64 teams and there was two and a half million um, on the line. This year, because of coronavirus, they've they've reduced it down to 24 teams and a million dollar winner take all. Wow! And it is 
It is so much fun. Um, college basketball is my second favorite sport. So you got you got guys like Aaron Kraft, Brandon Dawson, Perry Ellis. Uh, I don't know a single PJ name. Ha- PJ Hairston. Um, a, a, a bunch, bunch of a bunch of good college players okay. that, that that didn't quite make it in the NBA. And you know yeah. Chauncey Billups has played in it. Um, some other former old older NBA players huh. past their prime. Billups which is, is fun. a big name. Yeah, yeah. Some older NBA players past their prime will jump in and and they'll play a little bit, and it's pretty fun. Um, they have some interesting rules. Go ahead and go over some of them, Brandon. Yeah. So it's it, in my, I think it is the best ending in any sporting event. Uh, it's called the Elam ending. Um, we've all watched basketball games where 60 seconds, 90 seconds left and it's fouling and it's really boring. So what happens is the under four timeout, um, whatever the score is, say it's 72 to 70, the next person to, uh, so, they, they add on eight points to the leading score. So it's first one to 80 would win if the score was 72 to 70. Or if it was 70 to 68, the first team to 78 would win. And you get, it, it basically turns into a walk-off situation. Um, and there is no time. The clock's turned off. And it is very fascinating. Um, it, it's basically... Don't, don't they have like a four-point shot or something too? No, no, that's, that's a different... Um, okay college basketball tournament uh it's 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 normal rules uh, other than that um but it's coming up it's drew as you mentioned at the beginning sports are coming back this actually starts uh july 4th and runs through um july 14th dude i'll watch it maybe we should like satirically cover it like get like really fucking into it yeah i mean i'm down to dub over some games because dude there's got to be some betting right oh for sure Absolutely. They don't have the odds out yet. Uh, being the degenerate as I am, I've, I've, I looked it up before this. So the I feel odds like that would be super susceptible to like point shaving and people throwing games. Oh, yeah, definitely. But that's kind of great about it. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> like that. Man. It's like it's like betting on do WWE. For, do you want to play for this million dollar team split or make three times that shaving points? Yeah, it's, it's, like, it, it's like betting on WWE. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like it's, 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 it's entertainment first, the sport a second. Yeah. I'm into it. it. Just, I like it. It reminds dude. me of Who, any, uh, any know, like notable, the movie Dodgeball. Any like, notable players little, playing this year? Have, uh, they, have they released any year, rosters? Yeah. Uh, again, I don't. Um, I'd like to see McGee. like Greg Oden or you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like a random all star from the past. Yeah, like I said, I I know about a couple dozen of them, but again, um, again, it's kind Pretty of the obscure. guys I mentioned there at the beginning. Sure. Dude, let's let's fucking cover that. I'd, yeah. I'd like to uh that sounds interesting. I've never heard of it. TBT. Brandon was all mysterious for the podcast about this whole whole situation. So And it like airs during the day. Like if you're still working from home, just throw these games on at like one o'clock on like Fox Sports One. Sure. And they're just fucking going. Um because like I don't know. I, I love it. I watch it. I've watched it almost every year it's been on, and it's a fucking blast. Because dudes are chucking up from Curry range and can't hit shit, miss dunks. Uh, it's a fucking blast. Yeah. Cool. We, yeah, it, it, it's a lot of fun to watch, especially you know in a down sports time. It, yeah. it, it'll be it, it'll probably draw some attention there. But Look, speaking of basketball, yeah. So we're, we're approaching the uh, the start of the NBA season, where they're going to have you know, or the the remain the remnants of the NBA season. We're going to have a, a small portion of players show up in the bubble. And uh, there's been at least one uh, player who's on a team that's supposed to contend in Avery Bradley, 
who has said he's not going to participate due to health concerns for his child. And uh, he's he's getting some backlash on it. <laughs> I don't like, I don't understand that. Like, honestly, like in this situation and, and all these people in their personal lives would say, oh, my my work, you know. My family comes before work, and and the, you know they be reasonable people. Like these, this is still these people's uh, you know occupation. It's it's work, and people are, are valuing. And you see it across the board in all sports, their own personal entertainment over the lives and, and health of people. They're like, oh man, we want we want sports back, and you see people like clamoring for it with the whole baseball strike. So if the players don't want to play, like they don't want to play. If you don't want to be a, sport, a baseball fan anymore, then don't fucking watch it. But like you're not you're not entitled to watch sports. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people's true colors came out in this whole thing. I mean, yeah. look at all the people that protested for their haircuts. He, he has yeah. a he has a young child with respiratory like, issues, yeah. which yeah. this is aggressively affects people with respiratory issues. And if he wants to forego the last couple games of a season in, in the playoffs, like See, I'll bet the I'll bet the media tiptoes around that detail. Right, they're just talking about this millionaire that doesn't want to play millionaire right. that doesn't want to make millions. Right, it's always this mischaracterization of the actual situation. It's always bullshit. In this, in this case, I didn't, I didn't even know about the situation, but the fact that his son has a respiratory issue, fuck anybody that that, that doesn't agree Yeah, why that. would you either, his two options are to, leave, to stay away from his family until the season's over and then go into quarantine and then go back or risk bringing his, his family and his son with health complications into the bubble. Yeah. I don't like either one of those propositions. I'd stay home with my family. Sure. Yeah. So, and the thing about Avery Bradley is, he, he's an NBA player. He's been an NBA player for, for a period of time. At this point in time, he's, you know, for the most part, kind of a fringe guy. He's, he's a bench player. He's not a starter. He's replaceable. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, I felt like most likely weren't going to see a lot of guys who are on teams that are really going to contend choose to sit out. But because he's choosing to do it on the Lakers, right? He plays for the Lakers, who are one of the teams who are a favorite. Uh, I, I get his logic and reasoning. I didn't foresee it happening because... He played for the Lakers. I thought, you know, a chance to win a ring, these, some of these guys would suck up some of the th- stuff that they had to deal with. But I perfectly understand what he's going through, and I don't think anyone should be giving him any flack for it, even if it's LeBron James. So, How much longer is it, though? How, like, how much longer is the season? Like, how many months? Two to th- two and a half, three, something like that. If it's probably. any more than two, I get it. If it's less than two, I can almost see just kind of separating. I mean, and, and obviously it all comes down to choice, right? Because, yeah. you know, these are just employees going back to work. Right. Chipotle's back to work. So you, you could be a Chipotle worker and say, I don't want to serve tacos because it's detrimental to my health. And obviously that's your choice. Nobody's going to rag on this Chipotle worker for making that same choice. But because they're athletes, because they're here to entertain us, shut up and dribble. That's we have this different expectation for him. But if somebody were to not show up to a restaurant because for the same reasons, after a restaurant opened back up again, nobody would bat an eye. So yeah. his child's six years old and has a, a history, a medical history of of struggling to recover from respiratory illnesses. Yeah. And team doctors told him he would be unlikely medically cleared to enter the bubble. So he's not, the kid, the child isn't allowed to go in. So he's just saying, great. I'm at towards the end of my career. I'm just going to opt out the rest of the season and I'm not going to go into the bubble at all. And he'd probably still get a ring even if they were to win it because he, um, so he played started, for the team. He started 44 he games. Yeah, he played for the team for a majority of the season. Started 44 yeah. games. Right, yeah. Um, now, he wouldn't get his playoff share, whatever. Obviously, that doesn't matter to him. Um, it's more about the safety of his family and applause to him. On the other end of the spectrum, a player who has tested positive recently, his name is Malcolm Brogdon. He played for the Bucks last year and currently plays for the Indiana Pacers. So Brandon up there, you probably watched a little bit of him play. Um, tested positive recently, 
and has said, you know, he's going into quarantine, fully expects to be available, and he's going to the bubble, and, you know, he's going to play it through, which brought out some people uh, saying, you know, the, the players who have tested positive for COVID, that would make a pretty good basketball team. <laughs> so yeah. uh, on that well, list, can, you've can got... I hit that? Can I get it on Malcolm Brogdon real sure, quick? Sure, and sure. I hate I hate to go on the back to a little bit of the political front, um, but it's been a very dynamic uh, topic here in Indianapolis because Malcolm Brogdon was very vocal, um, went to all of the Black Lives Matter protests. Uh, now he, he was in a mask, um, but again, there was a lot of a lot of COVID scares with with the protests. And Malcolm Brogdon was out there at least in four or five of them downtown every day. Um, so a lot of people are finger pointing at that, and it, it's created a really kind of divisive um, discussion. Uh, in the in the Indianapolis sports media. So so um, let me ask you a question. If you're Malcolm Brogdon, you're not going to miss any time. You're not gonna, you're going to be able to play throughout the entire rest of the course of the regular season and the playoffs, okay? Despite contracting COVID, and you had an opportunity to get out there and, you know, stand up for your community as a whole. Do you think that he feels in any way, shape, or form that he made a poor decision to go out there and, and protest with other people? I bet there's, he doesn't, and he shouldn't. There's, right. there's no right. way to say that he contracted it there. You're outdoors with mask on, and, and statistically, the data shows that there's negligible, negligible to no effect uh, there's on, on those activities. Cities that had massive protests are not reporting new cases at any rate in excess of cities that did not. There's an uptick across the board everywhere. See, that is logical and facts in a world that doesn't live in. No. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, the people who are against the protests, they just want an excuse to finger point and just say, oh, this was. Which is know. happening to him, which yeah, is a it's unfortunate. shame. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But but going going back to the point of. Let's hear the, uh, the all COVID yeah, team. The, the all COVID team as as uh, at least by one person. So Malcolm Brogdon, um, Donovan Mitchell, who was Sick. NBA rookie yep. of the year. A couple of years ago, yep. and is is Spider really Mitchell. really good, good um, out of Louisville. Kevin Durant, who is obviously one of the top five players in the NBA currently, um, when he's healthy, uh, obviously, you know, even though he's not going to play at all this year. Rudy Gobert or Achilles, he was the best player in the NBA. Debatable, but whatever. Uh, Rudy Gobert, who obviously is one of the first, absolutely debatable, the, the first. Uh, <laughs> I'm a big uh, Kawhi guy. <laughs> Who was the first player that we knew about that to contract um, the virus. And then uh, Nikola Jokic, who is a monster uh, and such a good passer he, at center. He, he, like, he kind of changes the game to a throwback style, and I think that Utah is going to be very competitive and um, you know, with, with some of the players that they have in this, and you yeah. know, th- they've made a full recovery. But those are just some of the players that are uh, – that, that, test positive. That, yeah, that have tested positive, which, you know, that's a pretty good team. You run them out there, they have a, they have a chance to, do, to make some to do some damage there. For sure. Definitely a playoff team. For sure. Absolutely. That isn't a playoff team. That team is going undefeated um, in, <laughs> in, in every single round. That is 4-0 sweep. That they're, is, big, they're big up front. That's I mean, that's definitely, again, with a heavy Durant or a healthy Durant, he's not, he's not playing this year. But I, when I, your worst player is Malcolm Brogdon, I mean – all the, all four other guys are all all stars, yeah, um, and borderline, um, you know, like all like first or second or third all team NBA. Brogdon had a great run last year. You reached five one three three. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give it out again. 
Fuck you, Sam. <laughs> we know you know what's coming. Steve. Steve. Uh, so uh, let, let's move on to our next topic here. Uh, we have this is this is pretty much the the remnants of the topics, and it's TV and sports colliding. Which you know we're we're big fans of sports. We're big fans of TV and. Um, <laughs> Sports Man, put, a, put another put another terrible segue on the board. <laughs> hey, he he's listen. He's laying it out this time. It's not. It was. You like sports, right? No. Last you like TV. Last, what about sports and TV? Last week he like pulled it out of nowhere. Yeah. There was, there was weekly segue. <laughs> Newman's weekly segue. We All right, Newman. Let's hear it again. But are you guys excited for Hard Knocks? Because we got two, not one team being followed, but two teams. Well, well t- a team and a half. Yeah, a team. Let's be honest. What do you I mean, mean, if you're talking fans, like we're talking fans, three quarters of one team. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Dude, but, I potentially think that the Chargers are going to be an infinitely interesting team to watch. In terms of, inter- I potentially think that the Chargers will be infinitely I think, interesting. I do think the Chargers <laughs> are going to be really, really good this year. I do too. But nobody's going to watch them. Nobody's going to watch them. That's a really interesting team to follow on Hard Knocks. Yeah, yeah. They have a lot of personalities and a lot of good players in the new stadium. They could be very interesting, to be honest. Um, we need a quarterback infinitely. to be good. I mean, isn't that a isn't no, that something that's mandatory? no? You don't. No. You do not need a quarterback to be a good team or an interesting follow for hard knocks I, purposes. I no, I'm th- like outside of hard knocks, the Chargers this year, talent wise, I think could be similar to like what the 49ers did last year. You yeah, know what I'm at saying? Best, they're the third in that division. They're 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 behind Denver and Kansas City, and I think it's not. I'll, I think it's, I'll take your action if, on if, that. If, what what, do you, what if, do you got for that? If you're <laughs> dude, obviously I have to give you Kansas City because nobody would doubt that. I'm not saying they're going to win the division. But I do think they're the second best team in that division. I think, I think, dude, I think the Broncos are weirdly getting this pat on the sack that they don't even. Really I don't. I don't like. Here. Yeah, I don't think the Broncos, but like, I mean, I'm not that low on the Raiders either. By the way, no, I think it's kind of a toss up between the three of them. But yeah. I will if if Brandon's giving me odds on it, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy in. Yeah, so. no. I'd love the Raiders <laughs> if I thought there were gonna be fans in the stands week one, and I don't think there will be. Fair. Yeah, I think that the, f- the, the fire, to play the fire. Of I don't new- think anyone's going to have fans in the yeah. stands week one. Well, yeah, that, yeah, but that's but, the but, thing. But they're they're, they're a playing new in a franchise, new playing in yeah. or not a new franchise in a brand new city, shiny new yeah. Roomba. So I went to the first game. All right, so actually, this this is a good anecdote to share. I went to the first ever game at U.S. Bank Stadium, the first ever regular season game where we played the Packers. Yeah, you that's would not, you would not believe the electricity in the air. It was, it was unlike anything I've, I've seen in a really long time. And the Packers were a way better team than us. That but did that you year. like get to go down onto the field or anything? Uh, no, not in this game. Oh, okay. So th- this was the game that Teddy Bridgewater had a horrific knee injury in preseason. Uh, yeah. And then fucking like the first week we traded for Sam Bradford and going up to the, like we're talking like a half an hour for the game. They declared Sam Bradford was going to play. And me and my dad are like, fuck <laughs> like no way he's only been with the team like a couple days there's no way yeah. dude sam bradford played the whites out and you're not going to hear that much outside of college yeah but sam bradford played the whites out he was throwing downfield dimes that were just unreal and I, I saw him live first time ever in our new season ticket seats so we have like a like a side profile because we're in the end zone view and i'll never forget this first pass his back is to me so I can see 
you see the field really well. All the good stuff. You're oh, almost yeah. watching like a like from a Madden perspective. Yeah. And I just I see I see the open man and like on key as if I'm playing Madden, like hitting A, he released it exactly how I would have released. You know what I'm saying? Exactly how you draw it up in your head if you're playing Madden and just dropped it on a dime. It was it was the first drive of the game and like it was like a 30-yard play and dude the rest of the game, you could not hear anything in the fucking stands. It was unreal. There was a guy in front of me that was wearing an Aaron Rodgers cow jersey. Like, what? Get the fuck out of here, dude. The, get the fuck out of here. And he, by the way, he gets brought to every single game by these season ticket holders for the Vikings, and he wears the same fucking Aaron Rodgers jersey every single time, whether they're playing the Packers or not. But anyways... So in the midst, so he's, a, so he's a Vikings fan. What? No, no he's he a Packers Vi- fan. Yeah. But he happens to live in Minnesota. Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. yeah. You've met him. You, yeah. You were at I've the games. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, bless his heart. Um, at the very, he's talking shit because the Packers are winning like the third quarter. Um, the Vikings have this crazy interception by Xavier Rhodes, and he runs it all the way back for a touchdown. Florida and State. The whole game just reversed on its heels, and. At the very end, the crowd was so hyped because we stopped them on like a fourth down or something like that. And I got so excited that I was like, oh, like hugging all these Vikings fans. And I don't even know why, but instinctually, if I went back 500 times, I wouldn't have done this. But I did like this jab right to this guy's ribs. (laughs) And like, it was completely anonymous. So, you know, hopefully he never listens to this. But I totally did. I just like sucker punched this guy like right right in the ribs. And, like, it wasn't, like, as, as hard as I'm making it out to be, but it was just, like, this random act of, like, I was so in the moment, and I hated this guy in front of me. I was just, like, boom, right in the ribs. Like, dude, going to a new stadium, it changes a team, and that's what I think the Raiders are absolutely going to lose this year. I mean, that's, that's an absolutely fair point. Uh, I, I still think they'll, they'll be okay. Um, you know, they've, they've drafted well over the last couple of years. They, they should have a a pretty decent team and John Gruden supposedly can coach offense. I don't know if I believe it or not, but, uh, but I mean, I, I, I still think that the chargers give me some Derwin James just all day. Uh, you know, we, the, the joke is we don't let Derwin James or let a podcast pass without mentioning him. I right. think we've, we've skipped a couple, so we'll, we'll get that love in here, but I want to see all the Derwin James and Jalen Ramsey, uh, both on both of the different Hard Knocks teams, just hanging out together because I hope we get you know, to see some of that. I'm, on Hard I'm super excited to see Sean McVay, like up close, like kind of see some of that mind at work, um, just how he coaches, some of the things he does on you know, on field, the relationship with the players. Because I mean, this is a guy that when he started coaching was younger than some of his players. Just kind of see that dynamic. I'm actually really excited to see the Rams, um, especially because you know they had that that Super Bowl hangover. They had a let down year coming off the Super Bowl. And you kind of want to see, okay, do they bounce back this year? Which which year was the real Rams organization? Was it was it two years ago or was it last year? Yeah. What, what about Anthony Lynn? Are you, aren't you super excited to see him? Isn't he like the 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 mastermind that you think? He is? No, I was. I'm really excited about McVay. <laughs> I, I'm joking, obviously. A- Anthony Dreamy Lynn. look in your eyes when you said that too. Yeah. I was like, oh, well. A- Anthony, it Anthony Lynn might be fired after this year, but we'll see. <laughs> You look like you I'm excited that. to see Ryan Gosling on the screen again. Um, that'll be entertaining. <laughs> Wait, what? Are you saying McVeigh looks like Ryan Gosling? No, I'm saying there? Jared Goff looks like Ryan Gosling. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. A little. A little, yeah. No. yeah. I can yeah. see it. I can see it. I can see it, for sure. Totally. Totally. Sure. That's a big thing. So, so, like, everyone on the podcast, I don't know about look it up. 
Is it, but so I'm excited to see too, like golf, like Brandon's up close. Like, is he the real? You know, which which golf's the real golf? Like that's the Rams are a pretty interesting team this year. I think. I I think, like I said, I think the NFC West is one of the better divisions, if not the best division. Sure. You know, you've got Arizona, uh, the Rams, the, the 49ers, and and C, the Seahawks. Those are all teams that are potentially over 500. Uh, potentially, you know, all competing for the playoffs. So that that'll be that'll be a fun division to watch for sure. And adding Hopkins, I don't really think there's a team in that division you can exclude and say won't make the playoffs or couldn't make the playoffs or I think, couldn't I, randomly win the division. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think all four teams are in play. I, I, I 100% agree with that. So it'd be, cool. it'd be cool to see two teams covered. I think this is the first time they've done that, right? Where they've covered two different teams in the same... Yeah. In yes. The same. Yeah. yes, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Logically, players are going to get... Con- they're going to contract coronavirus throughout it. There's, been, there's at least going to be... It has, two, to, it has the, to happen. Yeah, there's going to be one or two incidents, yeah. 100%. So yep. that's going to be crazy to see. Mm-hmm. Like how players react to that. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, sure. and, and especially going to, if, there's, if you go to a preseason game... Think about this, you know, the amount that they cover preseason. Um, well, I think they might reduce some preseason games for right. this year. But there's still going to be some. With, with Sure. There will be, I think, two hybrid. instead of four is and what i Logically, little to no fans, especially for preseason. I know the NFL thinks that they're going to end up ramping up attendance and, and have fans during the regular season. But in the preseason, I'm, I'm sure they'll, for, they'll foregrow that. So you'll be, able, you'll be able to hear a lot more as far as, like, sideline chatter. And that's one of the things I know we talked about, we loved about the XFL was just that kind of transparency and the ability to hear kind of the inner workings, you know, behind baseball, if you will. Well, and doesn't the XFL seem like a million years ago? Yeah, almost <laughs> forever ago. But, but one of the things Go that Vipers. I liked, and we've mentioned this before, is Deshaun Jackson wants them to mic up players for the games if their fans aren't going to be there. So just like we can, that would be, so, I mean, obviously we won't get, we won't get the clean edit, like, yeah. but just, you know, with, with, getting to hear some of the trash talk that goes back and forth, I think will be pretty funny and getting to hear some of them diagnose and talk about what's going on on the, on the field. And then the sideline interactions are probably gonna be pretty fun too. So I would love the, the, you know, the full on uncensored version of that, which we've, we've talked about, but at the same time that what about that NFL films beep that they do that real, like distinct high pitch beep. Like I, I could live with that. A- absolutely. <laughs> They'd probably just do an extended delay. That would allow them and just dump ample it. time. Yeah. 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 Sure. Um, so, so outside of, you know, that's one, you know, following an, an NFL team, they're also do last chance you on Netflix. It's one of their more popular series and they've, you know, followed some community colleges where these players from some of them are from D one programs. They get, you know, there's a disciplinary issue or a grades issue or whatever. And they go play at this, you know, this community college and we get to see some of the interactions that happen on there. Um, it's been a pretty successful franchise for Netflix and they announced, I think today that, or maybe yesterday that it would be the last season where they did football. So, um, I mean, I, I enjoy the show. I, I watch it. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's great football. And sometimes it, it just kind of seems like high school to me in all honesty with a lot of these kids, it seems like they're, they're back in high school again. And that, cause it's not a, not at a collegiate level, like where they really have all the funding and all the resources in these community colleges, but they announced that they're going to do basketball. How do you think that that's going to play? Better. Would you watch it? I think it'll be better. I've never, so I haven't seen Last Chance You yet, uh, but I think it'd be better just because we talk about the dynamics and what makes the personalities in the NBA shine is the fact there's just so few of them. So I think if, if it, you go do Last Chance You, if you do a football team, you get to do, you know, what, 10, 20% of the team maybe. If you do basketball, you have to cover pretty much everybody. Sure, but are the players any good? 
Who cares? Is that why you're there? You're not there to to some, to some degree. There is some some. So I mean, for the most part, they've they've covered the top one of the top teams. Yeah. In 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 community college or junior college football, including one of them that they did two years of. They had won three consecutive national championships with the first year going into it. So they're like three time defending champs. Yeah. So going back to this, like. I don't, I'm assuming they'll probably pick one of the better junior college sure. programs for basketball too. But they they picked uh, East East uh, Lalos, something like East Las Veras. It's in Los Angeles, um, <laughs> Northwest right. South so now, Missouri. Now, State. now we know what Brandon yeah. sounds like on a Mexican vacation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I have a wah 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 wah? So I bet we pro- we might get a couple good players out of there. Um, I think you're there more for the stories and like getting to know the, these people at a personal level and the journey. Because if it's last chance, you there's probably an interesting backstory. But so. people people That's love a good reality TV. People yeah. love football more than they love basketball. I think. For, Maybe that's just me projecting, but I feel that like you no way. you would never. I mean, by viewership numbers, it's definitely true. Yeah. 100%. So, so if you go back to that aspect of it, college football obviously makes more money than college basketball. So, yeah, that, that, that's kind of the point that I was making on that respect. But, but I think just the marketability of an individual in basketball, it just lends itself better. Oh, it's great for the players. If you happen to sure. be a good college a junior college player, like you're maybe the number one or number two junior college recruit, and you're the guy who's on this show. Like for you, and then they can is. go play in the basketball tournament after that, and then there we go. That's a, <laughs> that's a good tie tournament. In. That's a good tie-in. Or, or that's you, how you do a segue, Newman. Or or you might just jump right. straight to the NBA. <laughs> Who knows? You never know. I mean, they could, exactly with the one year. Then yeah, they, there could be guys that jump straight to a, a camp or, or the G League or, or something. Blows my mind. You haven't watched Last Chance you. Um, I don't. Know. I I binge it the, as soon as it comes out. Like it, it won't take me more than a week, week and, and a half. To and keep you one. Keep you one. Do you watch that one too? I don't. I, I watched a few episodes. It just it was a, a cheap knockoff. Um, uh, the fun thing about that is that it's high school and they do like. One year they had Tate Martell, they had Justin um, or Jake Fromm, they had Justin Fields the next year. So there's some interesting stuff on that. I think just like I have a much more intimate knowledge of football um, than I do any other sport. So so things that dive deep and are like, ooh, this is like a an interesting look. And like I've lived that. Like it's not super entertaining to me. It's probably why I haven't like looked for Last Chance You. Like I played with yeah, those Newman's guys. right. It's super bad football. I mean, yeah. they, 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 the, even the highlights they show, you're like, ooh, ooh, that's yeah. not very it, it, good. it looks like it's slightly high, slightly higher than like a good high school football game. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the level. So when I was at the prep school, the prep school, we played a lot of uh, junior colleges. So that's probably like that level of football. I would imagine a hundred percent. Yeah. Or, you know, there's a couple good guys. I think like one guy went to Clemson. This guy fucking destroyed me. Uh, we, um, <laughs> our quarterback threw an interception because that's what he always did. And uh, I was, you know, going to make the tackle on the sideline and just got blindsided by this, this like six, six defensive end that ended up playing on Clemson the next year, the hardest I've ever been hit my entire life. But like, that's, I think it was Nassau community college or whatever. One of the bigger, uh, like Juco's. Yeah. I, I do have a question for you. So if, if, if your quarterback in prep school was bad, did you ever play with a good quarterback? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let me think. Or who is the best quarterback that you played with? And you can leave out their last name. Best quarterback I ever played with was. Or you can leave out their first name. Was. I mean, it had to be. It had to be obviously college. I would. I would say probably Chip Bowden. Uh, he. I think he was uh, from middle of nowhere. Uh, is that before. at Army? Yeah, I was at Army. Okay. That has to be. I mean, everybody else before that was you know just a propensity to turn the football over. Which, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> dude. I'm going to take a 180 here. Yeah. Okay. That was weird. 
Brandon, I finally started watching Watchmen. Ooh. And I'm about four yeah. episodes in. And, dude, I got to tell you, I'm, 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 me and Jackie are we're blown away by it. Dude, it's so good. That's that's my next show, actually. It's next on the... It's uh, so good. I got five episodes left of it's Last Kingdom. It's getting so weird. Yeah. It's getting so weird. Yeah. So, so the thing about it is it's not based on the comic books anymore. They've right. gotten past where the comic books were at. So if you, I don't know if you've read the comic books, you're, so you're into comic books, if you've read them or anything. Why like does that. it always happen? Shows with source material gets weird when the source material runs out. So they made the movie about the source material and it, it was okay. Uh, you had, if you had a better understanding of the comic books, you know, the, the movie makes a little bit more sense. But when the spaceship ejaculated, that's, that's where the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the show, it takes it even further. So it's like, you know, it allows them more freedoms to, to, to play with things. And I think they did a really good job of sticking to like a similar timeline that the source material would have gone on and sticking to like where the characters were at in their developments. Like, so you go down the road and this is the new character developments on it. So I, I think, th I think they did a good job with that in, in general. I think the show has potential to, for season two to come back and, and be pretty strong. So, uh, why is, why is HBO so good at layering shows that take place at different times? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's something, there's like an art to every script that gets accepted by HBO. They're so often have skewed timelines. And for whatever reason, they do it better than anybody else. There, I think everything that they take, that they don't miss very often because they pass on some really, really, really good shows. They pass on The Walking Dead. They're the cream of the crop. They pass, HBO gets the they, best they, scripts. They Everybody passed, knows that. They passed on Mad Men. Yeah. Like, there's some really good shows they passed on where anything that makes it through is, is just really well done sure weiss and benioff the confederate yeah. <laughs> right and i'm glad we got the watchman instead from what it sounds like i mean that's next on the list that and then uh brandon if i hear you talk about the leftovers one more time like you haven't seen the leftovers I haven't yet. it's next on the list i it, everything leftovers is fantastic yeah no it, it's going to happen it's just you know things have to happen in order i i really we i like to let the show build up and then go through i don't like to be sitting because now i'm sitting around like waiting for stranger things and it's just like do i have to rewatch the whole fucking yeah, series like so the only yeah. thing i'm going to say about watchmen is i don't want there to be a second season really i, don't. I, mean, I mean it's pretty i think it's pretty confirmed that it's going to happen so you don't yeah, coronavirus, you have no idea you have you're, no idea you're gonna watch what shows are gonna you're, you're gonna watch it's true <laughs> i think stranger things is august that comes back I, i'm a not sure a lot of stuff sure got mixed up and like their I, timelines got messed up because yeah. of i've, I've kind of I, like i still enjoyed the last stranger things episode or season but it, it doesn't get to me like kitschy it wasn't yeah. as good as the, the first the, the season. The second season kind of turned me off so much that the third season was definitely better than the second. I think the second season just kind of turned me off so much. I was kind of like, uh, and I think by the time the third season rolled around, I wasn't as into it. So maybe the next thing, never ending story. Oh, you, dude, you didn't, you, you didn't just belt that. No, no, I love the third season. I thought they got back to the roots. I thought it was, it was, it was way better than the second season, which just went off the rails. It's just the, I think it's the nature of like science fiction based shows or, or fantasy based shows that they, they tend to kind of lose their grounding and can get kind of weird. And, and it's, do they recover and pull it back in or do they get completely off the rails? Like, I mean, I, I think you said you watched Brandon, the man in the high castle starts so well grounded. The first two seasons are great. And then it starts losing. It, it starts. Yeah. It starts like losing its touch with reality because obviously it's not about reality. Right. But in a way that is just not necessarily relatable and it gets really convoluted and shows do that. And I, and I agree with you hundred percent. Like second season, stranger things just gets a little, yeah. Sometimes, like, it's just like boring. Sometimes it gets to, a, sometimes it gets to a point with shows where they're like, we don't know Let's what else to it. do. Yeah. So let's just, 
All right, aliens. Oh, aliens. So, so you watched Lost? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. We don't know what else to do. Bring in the aliens. Yeah. Fargo season two did the same thing too. Like the first season was so smart and and used timeline. First season genius. And then the second season. Why does every show just default to aliens? I mean, it, it almost seems like aliens are so time funny. travel. Like, like, that's it. <laughs> it's just like a default on all TV writers. Like, fuck, we don't know what to do. Fucking write in aliens. Yeah. <laughs> or, or time tri- travel. That's it. Yeah. The, the, the two tricks they have up their sleeve. Great. So I, I, I believe, I think, I think uh, this is a good time to <laughs> announce this. Um, if you guys like us talking TV and movies, uh, we are going to start up a second podcast. Yeah. Um, we are going to record on Sundays and drop it on Monday or Tuesday of the next day. Um, so again, if you, if you like sports, stick around for this podcast. Uh, if, if you like our TV and, and movie content, check out our, our podcast that we'll start dropping um, here relatively soon. Uh, you gonna plug the name or you Shameless just plug? Gonna, yeah, uh, leisure feature. We'll be sharing it, uh, and you know, there's a separate yeah, everything mirroring it, tied in under the same umbrella. Sister, sister website, yeah, for sister. for um, movie and television show and and other pop culture content. shit. Yeah, honestly, go to the sportsmemory.com. You'll find it. We're, we will update the podcast page. Um, it'll be right on there if you're interested. And share us with your friends. Tell them to listen, and then and then tell them to uh, or give us their phone number so that we can fanbush them. Yep, and we with this historic we had our first successful fanbush where because we call from restricted numbers, so a lot of times they're not going to pick up. So this was the first time they actually picked up and uh, confirmed. Terrible fan. Yeah, yeah. So said us more of those. God awful. Seems like a good guy. But yeah, oh, really good dude. Great guy. Oh, dude, I'm not doubting how good of a dude he was. I can't really good dude. I can't wait for the revenge fan bush on his buddy. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> Jesus. Fuck. I just realized I got to edit that out. But it probably won't. <laughs> this is the Sports Memory Podcast. Good night, everyone. See ya.